Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamplett from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite Homecoming. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also Raw, SmackDown, NXT, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet. Michael Sidgwick is off taking a well-deserved week off. But yet again, Michael Hamlet, lots to look forward to on AEW Dynamite tonight, particularly as they're back home. Yeah, um, and it's as lovely as it is to be home. Maybe start getting used to that old Daily's Place interior based on stories that are breaking today. And a reminder to all our American listeners, go and get vaccinated and then we can keep these Chicago buildings nice and fucking full. Um, because, yeah, Daily's Place will be really great tonight, but I hope it's not a sign of things to come. Um, the homecoming show is quite a nice uh, label to attach on yet another kind of packed dynamite. Although this one compared to the last few weeks, doesn't feel as stacked on paper. Hmm. And that might not be a bad thing. Um, I've probably been not overcritical because every every Wednesday night I go in with my bowl of cereal waiting for just another 10 out of 10 on a, on a Wednesday night. But I feel like there's been quite a few saggy, sludgy moments on these dynamites that have otherwise had these like legendary, hmm. amazing scenes. Um, maybe this episode tonight is going to just have a bit more consistency across the board. It's mm. a really strong main event. There's a couple of really awesome teases and then like a lot of solid stuff. I don't mean that sound boring because genuinely it is solid, but this might, what this lacks in the spectacular of the last few weeks, it might make up for in a slightly more well-rounded episode. Mm. Uh, let's start with Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes in the road to uh, Black describes Rhodes as obsolete. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this one plays out, isn't it? Because they need to really establish Malachi Black as this character, a dominant force on AEW. And yet Cody Rhodes, he's aside from the QT Marshall feud, has gone fairly back and forth with quite a few people. Yeah, um, it is imperative 
tonight that Malachi Black wins. Mm. I have never been. I know people like to give me stick for some of my own issues with the Cody character, but I've never been one of those people to dive on Cody Rhodes winning the matches he wins. Usually, usually um, you can find storyline justification for it, kayfabe reasons for Cody Rhodes winning when he does win. Um, this is one I'm not sure they can walk Malachi Black from if he loses tonight. So I would expect him to win. Um, I think the match is going to be good. I think we have evidence to suggest it's going to be superheated. They seem to have awesome chemistry together from the pull aparts. There's not been a lot of story to this. Black mm. has targeted Cody for whatever reason, and they fought. It's been one of the more simplistic AEW builds, and it's been one of the ones that they've not dragged out longer to the point where we no longer want to see the match. This hasn't gone eight, 12, even longer on Dynamite in terms of weeks of investment. It's been about four, so it feels red hot. The match might be white hot, and there's an air of unpredictability, even if there's not in the result, because we don't know how Daly's place are going to respond to Cody Rose. The Carolinas mm. made their minds up last week, for the most part, um, and Cody has been booed in Daly's before. The um, the face of the revolution match, when he kind of came back off the stretcher for the heroes' um, attempt at winning the ladder match, winning the big Sonic ring, yeah. he was booed for his participation in that match because people clearly wanted to see somebody else win that. I'm sure the context is different here and that might impact the response Cody's going to get. But all of this is interesting because um, people are really thrilled that the former Alistair Black, former Tommy End Malachi Black is getting this opportunity. So that might be informing some of those cheers as well. I don't think the result's in doubt, but I can't wait to see it play out. It does. It feels unpredictable. Yeah, you're right. I think, like you say, it has to be a victory for Malachi Black, but how they present that and how, yeah, how Cody Rhodes is received is going to be fascinating. And I, I'm one who often describes impossible scenarios for finishers to matches. <laughs> but as a man who, you know, we all love the Seth Rollins RKO, for example, or the Evan Bourne RKO, for example. I always think the really underrated RKO is the Jeff Hardy one where he goes from Twist of Fate and it gets spun into an RKO. Mm. I feel like a crossroads into whatever he's calling the Black Mass nowadays just works perfectly as the finish to this match to completely take his head off. You've almost gone too logical there. So can I pitch something surely anatomically impossible instead? Uh, Black Mass off a disaster kick. Oh, so he's... Flipping round in midair from middle rope, boot extended, but Alistair Black's got a longer leg. Uh, Malachi Black, sorry, has got a longer leg, and he just clips him in the face out of it, out of midair. And Arn is there, furious, because he told him not to leave his head exposed. Yes. Something like that. I'm just, I've just had a real flash of worry about Jim Ross versus Alistair slash Malachi Black. It reminds me of that. TNA show where they weren't allowed to use the ECW names and Taz and Tanae had a right off field date with that. Oh god, yeah. Well, I mean, I just made that mistake, so like I can't exactly have a go at Jim Ross tomorrow if he does it. Um uh, as well, something we haven't really kind of touched on with this feud, because as I say, they've arrived at the match straight away. Is what after the fact are we setting up for all out for one or both of these guys? Mm. It's not um it doesn't feel unlikely that both Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes will be on the card. I don't think AEW are the sort of company that would think we need to run this back. Can you really see being this the straight singles match in order to set up? So it's not just it's just not how AEW books, is it? So it's kind of uh, it would be lovely to think that we get something conclusive this week as a way perhaps to maybe write Cody off or begin his brief write off because he's going to film Go Big Show or whatever it is, um, and you start teeing up Malachi Black's all out opponent. Mm. Um, but I don't have. 
pitches particularly for that yet. I think it'll be interesting to see how the match plays out tonight so we can maybe work out some of the finer details of what's next for both of these. Well, I suppose one person it could be, uh, now, now I think about it, is Hangman Page. I, I'm still astonished oh. that they are not going in this direction. The, the reports seem to suggest... Yeah, Hangman Page. I mean, obviously, people might sit there and say, well, yeah, they lost that 5-on-5 five five match last week. That means he's not getting a title shot. But the story is so perfect. The Hangman, fight, mm. Hangman Page finally wins the big one, beats Kenny Omega and wins the world title at All Out, considering his history there. You just thought, uh, they'll find some way to get around it or, you know, recover it in or whatever they do. But we're a month away, and it doesn't appear that that's going to be the case what is next for hangman page and your reaction to this news first of all the hangman page story currently and we have to say that obviously this is all based on what we've heard through news outlets and dynamite tonight will probably give us something a bit more solid like let's watch the product for our answer rather than read the news that reports on the product ahead of time i guess is what i'm saying there it's kind of rational thought versus emotional pro wrestling response so hangman page has lost this match and the stipulation meant that he and the Dark Order couldn't get title shots. So that, rationally, is AEW adhering to their stipulations. Um, a story came... Well, it didn't come out, we knew, but I guess nobody had done the date maths. But somebody did the date maths on Hangman Page's partner's uh, due date. And again, a rational reason why maybe you don't want to have a guy so featured so prominently if their TV appearances are going to be spotty over a you know, several-week period with the baby coming along. Um, it worked brilliantly for John Moxley to, you know, briefly phase him out of television while the baby was on the way. Um, and the latest news, unfortunately, we have to go back to it on the pandemic. Mm. Uh, R.A.W. not yet wanting to announce that All Out is not going to be the full building in Chicago that they hoped. Um, is anywhere going to be the full building that they hoped? You know, what, like... The uncertainty of all of that could be just one of many reasons why they've elected to hold off on Hangman Page winning here. Finally, and I don't want to, I don't think this is the case, but people have posited this. Has CM Punk and Daniel Bryan's impending rivals changed their plans? A company that sticks, sticks rigorously to the whiteboard, have they had to think, you know what? We trust ourselves to make that change. And when we get there, it's all going to be worth like, I trust them to do it. I don't think it's that personally, but I've seen that take banded around as well. So I'm just trying to cover off all the potentially rational reasons why this isn't happening the way we thought it would. Emotionally, all very different. Yeah. Last week's match didn't just didn't just want you fired up for the Page Omega match. It wanted you to find it for them to find a way to go back on mm. their stipulations. Me and Sidgwick were talking over our real desks because I get the joy of going at the office on a Thursday morning. And he was saying. I'm going to spend all weekend thinking about how they're going to... I, I don't know how they're going to do this, and I love that. It's mm. made this last beat of the story unpredictable. We'd all said we thought he needed one more hurdle, and AW found it. It wasn't in a title loss. It was in a loss before the title match. So, yeah, um, what I am looking forward to is a kind of... I don't know. I want the confirmation more than I want the discourse. I want AW to kind of signpost to me tonight. If all of that news over the weekend was just speculation or if, it, if it's for real. I want to start thinking definitively that Paige is not going to be like wrestling Kenny Omega all out, or I want to be given the tease. Yeah, he is. you got nothing to worry about. We just ruffled your hair over the weekends. We, we leaked something funny and melted for the crack, and uh, yeah. and we just wanted people's, we just wanted people's speculations heightened ahead of Dynamite or something like that. You know, they're the leaking 
my speculation only, but the leaking of the Punk and Brian stuff has been yes. exquisite. Like the media management of those potential signings has been absolutely exquisite. So I kind of wouldn't put it past them for this news to break and then Dynamite to reveal more of a, a truth, shall we say. But yeah, I think that, if nothing else, it'd be nice to have some clarity on his all-out status one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. I imagine they can do that in the form of him, the Dark Order, him feeling devastated on behalf of the Dark Order and then telling him that it's fine. Yeah, that'd be lovely. It would be a lovely touch to have that. It's just a real shame, I suppose, with the with Punk Brian stuff. I certainly hope it's not the case that they have changed their plans because of those two arriving. Because as well as that, the biggest jump to AEW, whether they were associated with a product uh, like WWE or not, is happening tonight, which we will get to. Um, and also, <laughs> in an answer to your other point, I sense WWE will turn around on the 23rd of August and go, yeah, you're right, I think, I think we should just shut everything <laughs> down. Just let's let's stop for I'm just big oh, my head. Uh, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Yeah, it's not like that. Yeah. Um, right, let's talk about the third labor of Jericho, Michael Hamflet. Because I mean, if you thought last week's was unbelievable, a Nick Gage, no DQ, light tubes, death match thing, hoover two bloody Guerrero's back. He said, he tweeted uh, something along the lines of, I'll sort this out for you, MJF. He's taken my mask or he took my mask. I'll take his soul or something along those lines. Not only has he got to face Hoovy, Jericho has to win via top rope move. A genius stipulation from MJF. Yeah, a genius stipulation. Another absolutely fascinating match to get to watch. Much like the Nick Gage, not one that we're going to be um analyzing in terms of our oh, can they like approach four five stars you know these are all the men they were when they were doing it on nitro but something that you just get to be fascinated at the exhibition of like what can Hoovy still do um what has he got in his arsenal that will lend itself nicely to the fact that he's a mercenary for mjf because he used to be and probably still is an incredible flyer but tonight he's going to be able to cheat so you're going to see things like rotten low blows because MJS told him win this match at all costs, you know. Um, the Jericho top rope move is so inspired because they can go so many different ways with this. Um, as I've said or alluded to on other podcasts, and look, I don't hold this against him. Work is going to work. Chris Jericho is selling a book that has documented every single one of his matches and it's not on Amazon and it's promoted every week. And suddenly Chris Jericho is in a storyline where he gets to wrestle five different types of matches He's not daft. Right? And showcase different so, personalities. He's really not daft. Right. So we are this much like um, he was kind of like in La Champion form against Sean Spears and could be a deathmatch guy against uh, Nick Gage. He is going to level up to Hoovy tonight because it's psychologically sound for him to do so because he wants to throw it in MJF's face because wrestlers have got egos and that's fine and he's going to want to show that every now and then he still can remember the face he pulled when he hit that lion salt after the botched one that grin down the hard camera and I said uh, you're welcome Chris Jericho with a big smile <laughs> right down the, of the hard camera and you knew what he was getting at he was like hitting back at all those critics so tonight I've got three pitches for the finish you ready? Ooh. ready? number one again based on the um, the what Juventus Guerrero does a 450 splash <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> he has been practicing on a mattress. Number two, because it, is, because it is embedded in AW law, the shooting star press. Oh my 
days. Number three. Please, please let it be number three, because I think I know where you're going with this. And this is perhaps the more realistic pitch. MJF tries to interfere. Jericho steals the dynamite diamond ring and wins with a flying fist drop. <gasps> oh, I thought you were going for uh, Eddie Guerrero frog splash. So, yeah, great. Just like you like realizes, oh, you're trying to outthink me with the stipulation, but I can do both. I can climb those ropes and I can still outthink you. You'll never be Chris Jericho. Is a, a Yokozuna sitting on the chest thing count as a top rope thing? Right? <laughs> that's, that's at Adam Wilborn. Uh, responses to that gag. Before we move on. <laughs> Bonsai drop. <laughs> Before we move on. Final. We assume he's going to announce it, although they've got plenty of time. They don't have to necessarily do week, 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 week. Mm. Final prediction for the fourth labour of Jericho. We know the fifth one is, of course, that match with MJF if, if he gets there. Is that right? Is it? Yeah. Have they absolutely said? I think so. I, I get confused because I yeah, first watched it half asleep many, many moons ago and mm. thought, OK, you yeah, got it. And then I've had people on Twitter going, what do you reckon the fourth and fifth labours of Jericho are going to be? And I'm like, wait a second. I thought we all agreed the fifth labour was MJF. But regardless, let's just say the fourth. What do you reckon the fourth one's going to be for now? Well, to hedge my bets then, in case there's two left instead of one, I really like the um, fantasy booking of like a submission match with Landstorm. You know, like I, I really love that. Um, oh, Jericho, you flew off the top rope. Are you still something of a thrill seeker? Um, because I know somebody else who is, and then and the whole and the whole deal is is like you know Storm could probably still go, but he's obviously Jericho's a regular, so you make a submission stipulation, um, and you work Jericho's knee or something in this match, so that Storm's going to be targeting the knee and going for the maple leaf. And because I said it a billion years ago when the stipulation first got announced, I have got to pat myself on the back and put myself over for what should be the best of the lot, which is Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I sense that's probably the way that they're going because it's a wonderful twist of rather than, oh, yeah, he's all these gits that you have to face. It's like, you're the knobhead now if you win sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, although, final suggestion from me, I've gone fairly all over the place with this. Considering what's been going on recently with, with WWE and contracts, I would not be that surprised if MJF went, uh, well done, Chris, uh, for your fourth uh, Labour of Jericho. You've probably heard of this guy, Goldberg. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses, they can be 
big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, let's uh, move on and talk a little bit more about Dynamite this evening and the return of the Redeemer, Michael Hamplett. God, I love this version of Miro. Yeah, um, two Lee Johnsons in this world are going to take a hammer in this week. One is the Sunderland manager when our season kicks off on Saturday and the other is Shoddy Lee when he gets battered by Miro tonight on Dynamite. Um, I have missed Miro. Uh, His promos have been excellent. He's compared him last week to kind of the heel John Moxley in the way that he finds just the right line and just the right psychology to sell you on a fight. Um, in John Moxley's case, it was like, I got a pregnant wife at home. In Miro's case, it's like, I got a flexible one. You know, there's a lot of similarities between the two. Um, and I, Johnson's in bother. Here's a thought, actually, tying something together from earlier on in the podcast. Um, could this go on after... Probably won't, I guess. But could this go? Could this, somehow Cody Rhodes find himself folded into this? Because obviously Johnson is from what remains of the babyface side of the factory split, the Nightmare Factory split. Um, Dustin would be another guy that you could tee up, and Cody could say he wants to save the soul of the TNT title because yet again he can't go for the world. So that's always his ceiling in AEW. Um, maybe that transitions one into another. Because um, Miro is another guy who they've got some pretty big shows and no super clear direction. I really, really, really want, um, and I guess if Paige isn't getting a title shot, it probably doesn't bode well for the rest of the Dark Order. I would love Colt Cabana to get the um, shot I get for the TNT title in Chicago. I think that would go down so well. Mm. Like what a beloved indie hero, hometown babyface to be folded in half by Miro, the complete <laughs> bastard on the pay-per-view. Um and then you've got the likes of Eddie Kingston at Arthur Ashe, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's ideal opponents for various venues, but nobody in his sights storyline-wise. So maybe we'll get a little bit of that tonight once he's put away Johnson. It'll be, it'll be good. This It will be really, really good, effective television wrestling because Johnson will get a little bit of shine, but there's no, there's not many people on this whole show that touch Miro at the moment. It's just terrifying. Brilliant character work. Uh, it, it's sort of watched on the road too as well. You know, it's there's all the we. You know, not it's not unblinking, but it is the you know I am chosen to do this. And Lee Johnson, mm. credit to him, it's a great sort of thing of you know I've I've got all these experienced heads and I'm learning and I you know I'm going to shock the world on Wednesday night or whatever. And then he says, because Miro obviously came out. I think presumably this must have been on Dark. I don't remember this happening on Dynamite. <laughs> Miro comes out and goes. Uh, the fans chose my last opponent. God has chosen this one. He's chosen you, Saul <laughs> Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson on the road to goes, 
yeah, God did choose me to expose you. And I was like, don't use that thing against him. He's going to kill you for years. <laughs> you're saying that, Lee. But yeah, I have no doubt this is... Well, this has the potential, and I show with some great matches, to genuinely be match of the night because I think the styles just work so well together. And morbid, ghoulish git that I am. I love it when he puts whatever the accolade's called now and he just bends people in half. The Darby Allen show is always... Great, man. You know, you think, oh, you can't have your baby face tap out. You come and it looks like that. Jesus! (laughs) Um, and one thing, it's not been advertised, but I'm fairly certain last week, correct me if I'm wrong, they said that it was going to be moved to this evening, is the big story. QT Marshall apologising <laughs> to one Tony Schiavone. I know this is kind of touching a bit of a nerve because we sense this is going to lead in a direction. And, you know, what's the phrase about you miss every sh- shot you don't take or whatever? You don't you take, yeah. Yeah, you... you, you don't take. I just thought there was something along those lines for for tweets that could have been sent and now can't be anymore, Michael Hamplett. God damn it, everybody. Serena Deep is the best and she's so good. She looked into my brain and when I didn't tweet a picture of her in Bret Hart in wheelchairs, she did. And that is fine. I want her to get the numbers because she's the best anyway and I am fine about that. <laughs> um, yeah, devastating news. Um, but if you haven't seen it, if there's any one person listening to this podcast or somehow hasn't seen it, pause this podcast and go watch Serena Deeb's Serena Deeb's promo, one of the best of the year. Um, she cuts it from a wheelchair in a wrestling ring because she doesn't want to be anywhere else until she's recovered. Um, it's amazing, but unless this is a, a red herring, it's not her for what we'd hoped, which was that this is all to lead to Britt Baker perhaps making a save and then turning out QC Marshall having somebody in his back pocket from the factory that wants to take out Britt Baker. Uh, Jade Cargill was another quite realistic name that we pitched in that spot. Indeed, there could be others. I just hope this is what this is. Um, Yeah, Tony apologised last week for them not having enough time for him to be apologised to. (laughs) So we're going to have that on next week's week's Dynamite. And then, as you say, it hasn't necessarily come to the front since. Um, So whether or not it gets bumped again, I don't know. Um, My worry is that last week's really misguided Britt Baker, I don't need you people, rubbish. Like, it's like, ah, but the people just really want to need you. It's cool. The the point of her promo was that she was going to get a heater, was it? Like, she needs Mm. backup, Um, which felt like they were going to, like, suddenly they felt like separate angles, didn't they? Oh, what are you gonna do? Go and get your boyfriend. Yeah, please, please do that. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it just suddenly felt like a completely separate storyline. Um, so my worry is now that that's not gonna come together. If it's not, like, and I I don't even I've I've intentionally not said this out loud on a podcast because I did see it online and I understand the discussion for it. I just don't want this to be the case. If it's not Britt Baker, is it gonna be a big show? <laughs> Does anybody want to see Paul White feeding with the Nightmare Factory because they happen to commentate on the same show together and they're mates now? Like, oh. I have seen this. I and I, I, I. But like, when Britt Baker sort of appeared to be steering off in a different direction or whatever stubbornness about them not wanting to fully commit to being a babyface, I don't know. I just, I like, we're speculating on things that haven't happened, so I don't want to be critical of something that hasn't yet occurred. But what seemed to me like an ideal opportunity to give Britt Baker a proper story and a proper babyface turn feels like it's dissolving the distance a little bit. Mm, yeah, that's a fair point. But I just will have this 
great nervous energy if they do go and now QT Marshall apologizing in front of Tony Schiavone and his entire family, which is, I believe, what was promised. Just, <laughs> there is going to be something that I'm dead excited about yet. But yeah, we don't want any of that sort of thing, uh, any more sort of WWE cast-offs. Let's talk about Christian Cage. Uh, he, I'm joking, calm down, Twitter, turn off the caps lock, all right, save it. Christian Cage, he's facing the blade tonight. He's got Jungle Boy in his corner, Matt Hardy's in the other corner. Uh, this possibly to set up, well, I, I keep saying, is this the week that Christian Cage turns on Jungle Boy? I don't think <laughs> this is probably this week, but further developments and and glances you sense in, in this story as we go forward as a straightforward victory for Christian Cage against the Blade. I don't need any more yeah. Blade brass knocks bollocks for me, thanks. No, Christian Cage versus Dynamite's The Blade. He's never off the show, is he? Um, it's just, it's a straightforward singles match with a wider purpose that hopefully makes the most of AEW's rankings. Um, he's got Jungle Boy with him, who gets to get a few, like, big pop spots, I guess, dealing with Matt Hardy and anyone comes from the family office, perhaps Leechosaurus will be there as well. Um, but yeah, it's straightforward rankings padding win for Christian because the split surely has to come off the back of a Christian Cage-Kenny Omega match. I want to make something explicitly clear. As of today, Wednesday afternoon, I do not want Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega to be the AEW World Title match for All Out. Oh, no. That said, that said, tomorrow, they might have come up with the very best sales pitch for that. This is a good wrestling show. So I don't want to damn it with fame. I don't want to, like, damn it now and then have to damn it with faint praise tomorrow. I await them to tell me a story, but on paper, it does not feel exciting at all. It feels there to serve the purpose of A, paying off when Christian first arrived and had the belt in his hand, and B, that Christian and Jungle Boy have both lost to Kenny, and that kind of frustrates Christian. All I want to do is outwork everybody, and I couldn't even outwork you, and I don't need you as a friend anymore, and all that sort of stuff. Like that, 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 mm. all of this feels like it exists for that rather than for a frigging massive pay per view to have Kenny Omega and Christian Cage on it. Mm, yeah. It, it, there is there is potential absolutely for that. You look at the rankings and what have you, and this will be presumably another victory for, for Christian Cage. And well, we were talking before we started recording about the lack of Kenny Omega Young Bucks sort of elite action here on this show. But if he if he comes out or if even better beats up Marco Stun. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I know I always do this. It's a go-to thing. I love Marco Stun. He was a lovely bloke when I met him uh, at the at Double or Nothing. And uh, <laughs> I'm morbid with that sort of thing. But, yeah, with Jungle Boy and Christian Cage busy and the amount of people that are in the elite, that leaves Luchasaurus and tiny Marco Stunt to be wrecked and Christian Cage being like, I'll take this up for my new dinosaur friends, Jurassic mm-hmm. friends or whatever, maybe. Maybe that's the direction they go in. I just I, I feel like we're heading to Cage Omega. I just it's how you like where you put it and how you play it out. I think it, people based on what you could sense from the pulse once the hangman page news dropped, a lot of people were very quick, not just to say, oh I really wanted that, but then also to say, what I really don't want is Christian Cage and Kenny Omega. They might tell the perfect story. They really might. Um, it, it doesn't feel like the match yet, does it? Doesn't no, the other like issue one. would have as well, and we sort of speculated about this when it was Hangman Page, so goodness knows what it'd be like with, with Christian Cage. All Out is potentially overshadowed if you haven't done it already with the arrival of CM Punk. So if they haven't pulled the trigger by then, I think they will have, but if they haven't, 
that match is going to be, yeah, 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 get on with the title match so Kenny Omega can retain and CM Punk can come out sort of thing. That's the direction. I, I would dare say, I would dare say they'd be looking for something to go on last instead of it. Mm. Um, they had that at double or nothing, didn't they, with the triple threat? It wasn't, you know, they knew they could lead with Stadium Stampede because it, it, it didn't feel mega hot, did it? Omega Pack and Orange Cassidy. Mm. So you don't want Omega's reign to become remembered for these undercard concerns yeah. rather than something big, you know? CM Punk comes out and goes, not main eventing as the world title was the world champion. Yeah, I know that feeling. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Completed it, mate. Uh, we've also got the Bunny versus uh, God bless you, uh, God bless me, uh, God bless you, oh, uh, hush. Or the number one contendership, effectively, for the NWA Women's Championship. Oh, I, I'll be happy with either of these two women uh, winning. I think they're both really talented. Yeah, the Bunny um, has been slightly underrated in these mm. typically too short last quarter hour dynamite women's matches. They're not fixing the women's division. They never are. It's this forever and ever and ever. Amen. Um, but she's good in them nonetheless. Um, and Layla Hirsch was, I think like the, the lost prospect of 2020s women's division, mm, the lack yeah. of reps, the lack of opportunity to get dynamite TV time. I cannot speak to what she might've been doing on dark and dark elevation. And I apologize for that, but every single you time. Have got to, no, 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 no. You shouldn't have to with this women's division. They should be exp- not exposing them. That's the wrong word, but showcasing them a lot more on dynamite. That's the flagship show at the end of the day. Yeah. That, certainly in, like it, it, with stories, you would be able to do this. You know, if they're insistent on one match a week, if you told more stories, then at least you know a bit more about the characters. But Layla Hirsch has done most for storytelling in the ring. I love that bit they always go to. Genuinely one of my favourite, like, it's not a running gag, but it's a theme of Layla Hirsch matches, where she's really, really good at the, uh, as my code say, pound and ground. Um, <laughs> she's, really, she's really tough. She doesn't give much of a... Sh- and then, like, she can't quite get it done. So she turns... It, oh, it turns out she could do a springboard moonsault or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And then she... And then she goes to one high spot too many, and it's the mistake she makes because she's still learning how to like bring that to her game. I really, really love that detail that they've gone to so often with her. Um, but I hope it doesn't happen tonight because I want her to win. Yeah. Um, I'd like her to get this title shot again. I think it's it's profile, isn't it? Um, it wouldn't be the same as if Serena Deeb was still champion, but you put an NWA title match on Dynamite where Layla Hirsch is probably the more familiar of the two women to the Dynamite audience, it becomes a bigger deal on the night. So I think it'd be like a great opportunity for her as well. Don't know who's going to win, but I just hope this is good. As usual, the women are kind of in no, I've got no choice but to try and maximise the minutes. So I, I just hope this is great. Yeah, and I hope that they don't go, oh, bollocks, we're running out of time. We've got to get to the main event. Let's cut this one short. Because like you say, it's mm. frustrating when they just go, okay, five minutes, bish, bash, bash, because it's no one contenders match effectively. Or yeah, I think it's the winner gets a title shot. So yeah. Uh, you know, it's all a bit up in the air at the NWA Women's Championship, of course. But anyway, never mind all that. Let's talk about what is going to be the main event and biggest shock of the evening as 2.0, formerly 3.0, formerly ever rise from NXT, Matt Lee, Jeff Parker. They are teaming up with the brilliant uh, Daniel Garcia, uh, who Andy uh, repeatedly tells me is, is just sensational on, on Dark, to take on uh, this little team. What their names? John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen. Can't believe they're going to beat all three of them on their first night in the company. Michael Hanflow, this was such great news to wake up to. I mean, it's turning me on. Uh, I'm so excited to see which one out of Moxley and Eddie Kingston and Darby Allen is the first to take a swing. But uh, they're all going to get a piece, aren't they? Basically, 
they are all going to get a piece. I love that this is a six man because when you name the names one after another after another, it just makes me do the Vince McMahon falling off the chair meme. And it really <laughs> is turning me on, like thinking about the absolute <laughs> slaughtering that the lads are going to get. Our boys are going to take off. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe they can single out Darby Allen. We're like, just trying to steal his skateboard or something. You guys do a kickflip. Oh my God. If they do a spot where they both try and skateboard briefly, I think I might die. Yeah. <laughs> John Moxley, surly John Moxley, he's still getting no sleep and has still got the smell of a shitty nappy on his hand. It's just in no mood for any of this. Even like Kingston's trying to calm him down. It's just like, we've dealt with these guys. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Oh man, this is brilliant. In all, like, really good fun, really amazing. Of course, babyface mega force that can win easily. <laughs> it's trio. Um, but yeah, um, we talked about this off air. I've had chats with Andy Murray over the virtual desks today. This is not my take. I wish it was. And worse, I can't remember who said it on Twitter. So that's the worst case scenario, isn't it? But um, AW sold out a building on Darby Allen saying the words best in the world because ever rise a job into three baby faces on dynamite and what that take meant and certainly my interpretation of that was aw makes a million tiny little decisions like that and it shows its audience that it is listening mm-hmm. that it understands the industry at large and that it is worthy so much of your trust that even when you don't like the product you will be there eager certain that next week will be better like I cannot stress what an awesome decision this is. What a finger on the pulse, ear to the ground call this is. Um, it could be one night. We've seen plenty of guys come in, get a taste, as it were, <laughs> um, in AEW, work a couple of shows, do some dark, do some elevation, all that kind of thing. Um, and that could be that. And that's fine. And that is absolutely like we obviously, as enormous everized lifers hope for nothing but the best for the lads and that this is the start of a long-term deal. I would happily see them included in the loaded and stacked AW tag division. Um, but even if this is one night, like what an act to pick yeah. and what an opportunity for these guys to, to show themselves off another case of a, a wrestler with a baby on the way. So it's nice. They're going to get a, a pay slip for tonight. Um, and I, just because they get like Nick Comorato got destroyed by John Moxley in a squash. Eddie Kingston got his job by working one night in AW, you know, like it's, there are loads of examples of sometimes the right guys for the right time. And as you put just before we started recording, is it really about ever eyes being on dynamite or is it about them being on being the elite Christ almighty like, <laughs> interacting with the dark order, like trying to see if they can make the young books have a taste and not even be able to get anywhere near them. Like we were, we were already off air because we love this so much pitching skits i suggested they open up the young bucks t-shirt boxes and like money spilling everywhere because the young bucks fart on merchandise it's like they ain't even got coffee mugs <laughs> like they're like the, the, a million and one things you can do with them they're so talented um danny garcia who obviously you know is probably not getting the privilege of a mention um it's going to be the first time i've ever seen him and again like what a stage what a chance he only needs to do one cool thing and we'll mm. remember the name danny garcia it's great Great, 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 great. Loads of fun. Can't wait. Yeah. Just, I, I mean, we're incredibly biased, not just because we're massive ever former Ever Eyes, now 2.0 marks, also because they're just lovely blokes having interviewed them and chatted <laughs> to them uh, off, off air, Matt and Jeff. Uh, like you say, it's just a lovely, even if it's a one off gesture, I really have never wanted the is all elite thing more than oh, these yeah. two. 
But regardless, be great. Just lads, if you're listening, don't before you go out there, go up to Lance Archer or Wardlow, <laughs> Jake Hager or Miro and say, well, you want to take a swing? Because you will not be competing if you do that, basically. Are but the, um, it's going to be a joker hiding in plain sight. Is it going to be a handicap match against 2.0? Maybe. I think they are going to smash, stack and pin Moxley, Kingston and Allen, but that's, <laughs> uh, we'll wait and see. And... Uh, Oh, I'm so excited for them uh, more than anything, but I'm so excited to see. It's going to be so weird. The biggest jump of the Wednesday Night War ever. I think it's safe, fair to say. Yeah. 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 I think that's right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no no lies detected. I got Cedric's just sitting in his lovely holiday home going, something, something wrong, love. I don't know what it is, but I just <laughs> it. Will both said some bollocks. Which is just all the time. If it, actually, if he had that sense, it'd be kicking off 24-7. Anyway, right. Uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Dynamite Homecoming tonight on Twitter at WhatCulture. WWE Watch. So you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCulture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Our NXT review is up there right now. And our AEW Dynamite review will be there tomorrow as soon as it is released as well. But for now, this has been the AEW Dynamite preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. 